Welcome to Live the Fuel. Welcome to Live Welcome the Fuel. To Live the Fuel. Focusing on health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right, good day and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another Live the Fuel show. So today, we're bringing on yet, yes, once again, another new guest co-host for you. But this time, this gentleman's coming from another time zone. So let me catch you up on who this gentleman is. So after starting his career in the Army, realizing he was a lover rather than a fighter, he took a U-turn into a brand management. So I'm already vibing on this. I'm a fellow branding guy. Uh, Before he immersed himself, though, into the world of innovation and leadership development, Chris's leadership consultancy, Upping Your Elvis, is inspired by musician and philanthropist Bono's signature question, who's Elvis around here? Meaning, who's the guy that makes things happen? So the Upping Your Elvis mantra is driven by the belief that everyone has a bit of Elvis inside of them. By unleashing this innate human genius, the planet will be a more engaged and fulfilling place for everybody. This guy has spoken at TEDx, he's an Inspirational Ideas Festival, the, the, the Do Lectures, and the world's largest leadership event, LeaderCast. I'm a follower of this, so I'm very impressed. Um, where he has also had the honor of interviewing Apple's co-founder, Steve Wozniak, live on stage. He's got a much bigger bio, but I want to get into all this, as we always do on this show, where you're just getting to know each of us more and more every single day. So without further ado, welcome to the show, our latest co-host, Chris Barez-Brown, sir. Howdy, Scott. Great to be with you. Well, it's great to have you on. And to, to catch our listeners up, you are a few hours ahead, aren't you? <clears throat> yeah, I am. So uh, where are we now? Just, it's just 1.30 coming up. Okay, yeah. And it's, it's currently after, after 8 a.m. approaching 8.30 uh, here on the East Coast of the U.S. So for our listeners, yes, we are speaking into the future. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we're, we're here at the moment in deepest, darkest, darkest Dorset. So I'm looking out at the sea out there, and uh, I've got to say, it's looking quite wintry where I am. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I know here, and pardon the translation, but it was uh, yesterday I woke up, it was 10 degrees Fahrenheit, which I, somewhere around negative 12 Celsius, something like that, I forget. So It's chilly. It's chilly. How's it on your side? Yeah, it's not too bad. I mean, it was a bit of a frost this morning, but uh, I've, just, I've just come back from three weeks in Costa Rica, so it's, oh. it's still a, it's a bit of a shock. The transition, uh, yes. Yeah. You were there for multiple weeks. That makes it even worse. So your body had already had a chance to start adapting. Absolutely. I started to believe I lived there. That was the problem. <laughs> so what took you down there? Um, it, was, it was vacation. It was a bit of Christmas time. I mean... Um, oh, you did the holiday I've, down there. Yeah, I've kind of, I've kind of had enough of um, the traditional Christmas. So I, mean, I love spending time together with family. I love you know, having some time to just kind of kick back and think. But... Um, over here, the, the weather's not so great, so ten, people tend to eat, drink, and do very little else. And, um, and therefore, one, one year we do here, so the kids can do all the kind of the traditional stuff, and then one year we go away. And, and this year, Costa Rica won, and it won our hearts. What an amazing place. So is that your first time there? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was great. Okay, so every friend and colleague that I hear once goes there, it, they've all agreed. Uh, now, did you guys like learn to surf and stuff while you were there? Because I heard it's one of the best places to learn to surf at. I'd say it was my top three surf spots ever. So Ooh. yeah, very good, very good. Oh, so this is not your first surfing rodeo. This is you've no, done this. Before. Okay. No, it's not. No, I've been out a few times. Yeah, um, uh, I, you know, getting out on the sea is is a big passion. Well, and again, it sounds like you live right along. So what what water is right next to you again? I'm just looking at the English Channel right now. Okay. I mean, it's it's kind of grey. It's about the same colour as the sky right now, so you can't <laughs> see it too well, and it's pretty choppy. Um, but 
Yeah, you, you, not great surf out here. Good sailing, good paddleboarding, great fishing. Okay. All right. Well, so I was digging more into your bio. And just to dig in real quick. So you schooled over here in the States as well? Yeah, I spent a year at Iowa State. Okay. So what brought you over here? Um, well, basically, I, you know, I was looking at the degree options and um, I wanted to do a, you know, a fancy business degree. And then I found one where one year was in the States. And I was like, well, why wouldn't you do that? Oh. So, uh, so I studied at Iowa State. The university that I was at over here, which was uh, University College Swansea, I think it had something like, you know, it, it was the five little marketing courses. Iowa State had 27 just in advertising. You know? so <laughs> the, the whole scale of it blew my mind. You know, I was making nationwide PSAs that would run. I, the opportunities were incredible, and I, and I got to run an amazing blues bar. I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a great time in my life, so I, I really enjoyed it. Well, I mean, I, and I, when I went to the university, I didn't get a chance to go away, but a lot of my friends and colleagues uh, did, and they said, it's a great way to experience some schooling overseas. You get some of the world culture, so why not reverse that? And obviously, you guys can come here, and, and apparently we have a lot of advertising and marketing available, so I love that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, do, do you feel that that's still the same way to this day, or? Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, things have changed quite a bit. We, we, we've, we've certainly got a lot more advanced in, in, in Europe than I think we were when I was at university. Yeah. Um, scale, I mean, you know, it's hard to beat the States for scale. So if you want choice and you want, you know, you know flexibility and abundance, it's a great place to go and play. Okay. Well, I mean, so just so you understand, we're on a little like-mindedness here because I have a bachelor's of science in marketing and psychology. So uh, not advertising, but we all play in the same circles. So. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I like, I love the fact that I embedded psychology in. I wasn't expecting it. I ended up adding it in the middle, in the middle as an adult student going back to school to finish the degree. And uh, it just changed my mindset. I love the, just digging into how the human brain works, how it attaches, how it connects, and especially with how it applies across the board and into the advertising sectors and everything else. It's pretty powerful stuff. Yeah, I was just having some lunch with some friends yesterday, and their daughter is about to study psychology and fine arts. Interesting combination. Oh. But, uh, you know, we all agree that psychology, you know, it's useful for everyone. Yeah. I, I think if I, I will say if I had gone back in the back in time to my when I first started going to the university, I was in engineering, which that would have been weird, right? Mis mixing engineering and psychology. It's, that could have been interesting. <laughs> But I would have loved to tell myself, hey, why don't you try a minor in that? Because admittedly, I started with a minor in uh, philosophy. That really yeah. opened my mind up. But then it just made a, a metamorphosis, and I went from philosophy to the psychology side. So, yeah. well, it's, it's fun stuff to get into. I mean, it never gets boring learning about how this works, right? Yeah. Well, especially in the speaking uh, circuit. So, right? So, like, so how long have you actually been in the speaking circuit? Because you've been on a few stages, sir. I have. I, I mean, I, probably my first big gig was uh, probably about 15 years ago, I guess now. Wow. So, so, you know, a, a while I've, I've walked the boards um, and I love it. I love it. There's nothing quite like working a big audience and creating an energy and seeing the light go on. So I, I like, I mean, I, I tend to be quite interactive in the stuff I do. I tend to be quite simple and human and, 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 and hopefully energetic. Um, but it's, it's a fun way of uh, creating some impact and making a living. Well, I mean, I think the whole piece of the energy and, and, and making it interactive is important because, hello, we're human beings. I mean, I would like to see us all interact in a positive way, in a motivational way, in an inspirational way. And actually, I'm going to, for our video followers who follow us on YouTube, uh, I'm actually on your website now and in the speaking section. So talks that engage, motivate, and inspire. So 
that's exactly the vibe that I want to get out of a speaking experience and what I try and give out in my, I'll say my speaking career is much younger than yours. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's, it's one of those things, you, you, again, you, you never stop learning about the brain, you never stop learning about speaking. Um, I am constantly um, inspired, actually, by watching other people, their styles, the way that they, they engage. Um, and, and the number of times I go out and I think I'm going to be doing something, and you know the, the audience is slightly different. There's just a different vibe going on, and I, I end up veering in a different direction and actually nailing content that I've never nailed before. It just kind of comes to me, and and that's why I love it because it's quite a creative mode to be in. You know, I'm I'm not um, I'm not one of these people that does the same stuff in the same way every time. I, you know, yeah, you have to play an experiment, and um, and that's a joy. Sometimes it works brilliantly, and sometimes you learn. <laughs> well, I love your point on this because. There's so many people who, who are newer to speaking. And granted, I mean, I, I started taking classes on speaking in, in the university over here, and it opened my mind. And that once I got into sales and marketing, and you got you start doing a lot of B two B business to business meetings with CEIOs, uh, you eventually get much more comfortable with yourself. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I think to your point, I personally value this is that I don't script things too much like everybody's like oh i want to see a really powerful powerpoint and a guideline and blah 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 blah. and i'm like well how are, are you becoming so scripted that you're not reading your audience and you're not adapting to who you're stepping up in front of you can only get so much before you get there but i think you kind of have to adapt on the fly don't you absolutely absolutely so you know you, you have to know your ins and your outs you have to know your bounce points but the way you get there and the way that you play with a group, I think is unique every time because there's never been a moment like right now. And therefore the best speakers I think can read that audience and play it um, and, and surprise themselves. I mean, you know, I, I, I often, you know, when, when working with groups, um, I'll often co-facilitate, we'll have other people on stage and you'll come off at the end and you'll do a debrief and you'll both be quite surprised as to what happened. But, but usually, you know, because of that, you know, it's actually gone much better than if you just follow the plan. I mean, it's great to have a plan so you get in the right energy, you know what to do, you feel prepared, but the plan was just there to get you there. After that, you've got to freestyle. I like that. Well, I mean, I think it's, it's one of the reasons why I designed this podcast this way was because I said, well, I told you before we fired the show up today, I said, well, listen, there's no real format. I mean, we talk about some key domains, health, business, lifestyle, because everybody struggles with them. But in the end, I don't want to overscript this. And I don't want to have a boring list of Q&A. Um, and I hope that I'm honoring my guest co-hosts like yourself and not, you know, following that because I, sometimes I've had some guests come on like, oh, you don't, well, I had my VA send over our, our normal Q&A. And I'm like, well, that's nice. But this is my show. And uh, we're going to do things my way. <laughs> it's much more fun. It, it, it'll be unique. It's not just the same thing rolled out again with a different interviewer. So yeah. why, I don't know why somebody would bother doing that. Well, and again, the point here is that you're a co-host on this show now. So I want you from a marketing perspective to say, well, you weren't just interviewed, man. Like, no, you got to co-host this show. You got to present to our audience in your own relaxed style. Um, yeah. And I think that's part of it too, right? Is if we get too scripted in life. Do we not? Do we not get kind of uh, somewhat restrict ourselves, and we actually hold ourselves back? And I think we're afraid to open up and get free. Well, you know, I, I think that's that is the challenge with leadership. Full stop. You know, the, the difficulty is that when you when you start to to do anything successfully, you start to believe that that's your identity, and you say, "Well, if it worked before, I'll keep doing it." You know, because it's got me this far. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's why it's quite hard for senior successful people to actually be creative and, and actually look at 
what's going on around them now and answer the most important question, which is what's needed here. And what's needed here right now is not what was needed yesterday, because today is different. So I think flexibility, tuning up to what's going on around you, having some choices and being playful and having some experiments is the key to being good in business and in life. Now, how long ago did you learn that? <laughs> or has this been an ongoing process like throughout life? I, I think it's become more conscious as time has gone on. I've, I've, I've largely been an experimenter. Um, I, I, you know, I've got an active brain. I like to do strategy and think things through, but I learned really early on that it doesn't matter how good your strategy is, it doesn't matter how good your plan is, you've got to try stuff out and learn if it works or not. And actually, the sooner you can do that and get things dirty and get your, you know, your hands involved, the more visceral the learning. You know? so, um, so yeah, I learned from an early age to do that. And I've got much better, and I think we all make mistakes with this, but I got much better at listening to that inner voice, the one that actually goes, oh, you know, this isn't quite right, or actually that feels good, let's go there, which isn't intellectual, it's a lot more intuitive. Now, when you, because uh, obviously part of your bio, you, you talked about being able to hook up with Apple's co-founder, right? Steve Wozniak, very famous name. If anybody follows anything about Apple, which I'm sorry, it's a worldwide company, you better know something about the guy. Um, <laughs> Now, real quick though, do you have his uh, that that video linked on the Berez-Brown.com site? Uh, there will be. There's a clip of me interviewing him. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure if you get full rights to that stuff or not. I don't, I don't, I don't know how that works because it's Leadercast. So, um, but like when you sat in on that, was he basically vibing on the same type of energy? Was that a lot? Because I find that the more CEOs I, I struggle, or I, I'm sorry, I actual. I struggled to actually understand, but also at the same point, learn to embrace and follow some of their teachings is that they do pretty much share the same perspective. Like uh, there's a lot of uh, bosses, so to speak, that are afraid to make mistakes. And the sooner, as you said, start getting your hands dirty, that's how you start learning, especially as a team and as an organization. Yeah, well, in Steve's particular case, I mean, he is a massive tinkerer. I mean, you know, he's been tinkering with circuit boards since, since he can remember, and, and he, he loves to experiment and play and try things out. So I think he is a, a classic example of an experimenter, and he's very happy to get things wrong because he is such a learner. He, you know, he, he wakes up in the morning to learn and wants everyone else to learn too. So, so he, he's big with that. I, you know, I, I think, um, you know, across all the organizations I work with, and I work with people from Nike to Unilever to Coke to Diageo, all these different organizations, lots of ad agencies, you know, some embrace it and some find it's a, a very integral part of their culture and some deeply struggle with it. And sometimes it's cultural. Sometimes it's, it's about leadership identity, but um, it's a big challenge. It's a big challenge for people. You know, ultimately everyone talks about the fact it's great to get things wrong and learn from it. But ultimately when you are there and you're responsible and you have to deliver a PL, people don't want to get things wrong. You know, even when they're talking about it deep down, there's a fear attached to it. Um, and, you know, therefore they hedge their bets. They take incremental little bets instead of big ones. And therefore, you know, they, they can only get a certain amount of performance. And I just think that's kind of implicit in the kind of reward and recognition structure. I think it's the way the business is set up. It's about, you know, how we talk to our investors on a quarterly basis. It makes people smaller. Hmm. Well, so I have an interesting angle for you here or a question to see if you'd, I would agree with this or disagree with this. So back in... Ooh, I think it's 2003. Um, a couple of telecommunications companies here were acquired, rebranded, and I worked my way up through that being just a guy literally answering a headset in a call center, right? 
and uh, worked my way up into management. And uh, then they decided to remove the management titles, send all of management down to Tennessee here in the USA to a special consultant. We, we ran, did it at a big hotel and we literally re-educated over two weeks every every level of management in the company, especially the frontline managers, which is what we were. And we were rebranded as coaches, which okay. is, is good and bad, depending because like, you probably will agree some people are not meant to be coaches. <laughs> I thought that was for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so this this organization is now is known as T-Mobile. So worldwide company, right? Deutsche Telekom parent company. Uh, but this was, this was T-Mobile USA's initiative to try and make an impact in the fact that we had high employee attrition rates. Right? There was, I mean, just yeah. an average uh, call center employee we would bring in was seven weeks of training to for a new wow. a new hire. That's costly. Yeah. That's costly. So they, they said, well, we got to make a change. And they said, well, listen, we need to teach you guys how to not just manage people and command people, but to coach, develop, uh, find career paths for these people, help them feel like they belong in the organization, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I will say to this day, probably one of the most powerful, I guess, internal training experiences that I ever had as a, you know, a budding you know, corporate guy before I left the corporate world, <laughs> but I really enjoyed the the experience. But my my thing was this: how many companies have the balls to even consider like literally stripping titles, rebranding, retraining, and trying to push this across the entire organization? It blew my mind. So, well, I mean, the great news is more and more are doing it now. So yes. you know, when I started out in 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 business with twenty thirty years ago. Um, I would say it was a lot more conservative. It was a lot more command and control, hierarchical. Uh, you know, job titles were everything, right? Because you fought for that job title and therefore you wouldn't get rid of it. I would say that leadership has changed, has changed dramatically around the globe. You know, it's, it's not all about ego. It's a lot more about creating the conditions for others to do amazing work. And therefore, I think more people are bold like T-Mobile who say, do you know what? We're going to throw the old business out the window. We're going to do things quite differently. And um and quite frankly, if you're not doing that, you ain't going to win, you know, because things are changing so fast. You have to be changing things up in quite dramatic. You, could, you can't just tinker around the edges anymore because you will be lost. You know, the, the bold leaders, I think, will get rewarded. I will definitely agree. I will say out of most of the companies I've ever worked for, uh, even though I ended up leaving probably five, six years later, but then again, that's pretty common nowadays, um, is that it's... And admittedly, I got bored eventually, but the point was like that out of all the companies, they were definitely trying to be forward thinking. They were doing things. It was crazy. Like we moved, I helped migrate one of the call centers to a new site and we spent 12 million US dollars just to redesign this site and obviously update it, retrofit it with the latest tech. But they went to, they, they hired an interior designer. They were doing all the, like their company colors, Fuchsia, and they were going crazy with colors and, and they're just, yeah, yeah. Try, they were trying to make. You know, you spend hours upon hours in a call center environment. It can be really boring and stale. So they really tried to liven it up. I'll give them respect for that as a company. Yeah, me too. Me too. You know what? I think you know any anybody who's got a job, and you know the, the leadership are teaching them, uh, you know, treating them sorry like human beings, and they're thinking, do you know what? We've all got our own energetic state. There are certain things we can do to harness that and actually make people feel better. And we realize if they feel better, that they're happier, they do better work. It's obvious stuff, but, you know, we, we appreciate it, right? And we'll show up with, you know, a better engagement level, you know, better motivation, and we're going we're gonna to play a better game. So, you know, it just makes sense. It definitely does. And so I want to tie this kind of into everything else you got going on right now because 
my, my little keywords I'm going to throw out here right now was like, that was, if I look back now, I think that was one of those careers that really started to wake me up in regards to what the hell was I doing? Where was I going to go next? Um, admittedly, like that, that, that company, that career helped me push myself to go back uh, to the university on nights and weekends to finish that degree. Um, just because I needed that self of achievement. I'm the first person in my family to be, you know, college educated, university, all that. So that yeah. was like a big step. And then it also awoke me to realize that, you know, don't tie yourself to one career or one paycheck if that's not what you're happy doing. So I eventually was able to move on and go through a couple more companies. Um, yeah. To the point where I literally in 2009, 2010, you probably don't know this because this, this event, this experience right now for us was set up through a third party, but I, I don't know if you guys actually, I don't think you guys have been in the UK here. We have very dangerous wildfires out West and oh, California. So yeah. I did that. <laughs> so I left the corporate world, took two years, served on one of our elite hotshot crews where you pretty much camp under the stars every night. You're out there fighting wildfires for 16 hours a day on the side of a mountain, life changing experience for me. Just yeah. Like all that, all that business development, all that, you know, I got the degree and everything else. And I said, you know, I'm taking a break and it went two years and did that when I was 31 and 32. And, uh, it's, it's literally helped inspire, live the fuel. That's why fires in my logo. It was, um, yeah. it, it taught me things like understanding what the heck brotherhood was all about and that bond and how like the regular, Regular business jobs just don't have that connection. I never understood that, and I wanted to understand it more. And now I, I think I can connect a little bit better with fellow fire, police, you know, military. I get it because like you literally are serving alongside of other men and women, risking your lives. And so that kind of built up that wake up story. And the reason why I'm obviously saying these words to our listeners is that you developed a book and an app, and and I wanted to catch them up on this in this episode and what's going on there because tagline on that is you're escaping a life on autopilot. And yeah. I want to tie that all into me so you understand where I, I came from and where I'm at. Yeah, well, you had a big wake up by the sound of it. <laughs> big uh, one. Yeah, so, I mean, so, so you know, the, the book, Wake Up, um, the idea behind it, I guess, is that I've been working with all these different corporates all around the world for, for you know, many years. And I'm trying to make them more creative. You know, that's, that's basically what I've been doing. And it's almost impossible to make them more creative when they wake up in the morning and the first thing they do is they look at their email while they're lying in bed. <laughs> uh, and, and the next thing, the, the next time they're conscious, they're back in bed and the day has happened to them, right? It's gone so fast. And then they're checking their email before they go to bed. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I, as I mentioned earlier, I, I think one of the most important things for a leader to be able to do is to step back from the busyness and answer that question, what's needed here? And if, if you can't do that, then you, you're not going to be effective. So I needed to work out how to help them do that. And that's really where I came across Wake Up. So I've been, I've been working with, um, with leaders and boards um, to help them become more conscious. And, and what I've, I've realized is that we've got a bit of a battle on our hands. And, and the battle really comes from the way that our brain works. So we've all had that experience of driving a long distance, arriving at the destination, and not remembering large chunks of the journey. Mm. And that, that happens largely because our conscious brain uses so much energy. It's, it's like a, a V8 gas guzzling machine. We try and save energy by switching to the subconscious. Now, the subconscious is more fuel efficient. It's more like a Tesla. And, and the way that it saves energy is very simple. What it does is it looks around and says, have I seen something like this before? 
And if I have, it looks vaguely familiar, I'm going to assume it's exactly the same as last time. So you get in the car, you go steering wheel, seat gear stick, road. Hey, this looks familiar. Subconscious takes over. We drive there, saving energy perfectly safely. Great for, for driving long distances. Great for doing anything repetitive in our lives. The problem is it doesn't just happen when we're doing that. It happens every day we're living our lives, when we go to work, when we sit at our desk, actually when we're, we're with our loved ones. So um, my belief is if we can break off autopilot just a little bit more regularly and ask that question, what's needed here, we'll make better decisions, we'll align our talents with the opportunities around us, and actually we'll feel happier in the process of doing so. Well, that just sounds amazing. But to some of our listeners, it's going to be like, okay, that sounds amazing, but where do I start? And obviously, I'm guessing that's why you started the app and you did the book last year because you launched it last year, right? January? Yeah, yeah. Well, well actually, it came out in UK in January. Yeah, yeah, in January last year in the UK. In the States, it came out in uh, September, October. Awesome. So we're still in big ramp up here. I love this. So. Yeah. Yeah. Any, anytime you're less than one year, I love that period because that's just, yeah. we're getting after it. So good. Our listeners are able to give, able to give back. So I love this because again, to our listeners, I was doing some screen sharing on the video. You go to his website, B-A-R-E-Z hyphen brown.com. And he's got the book linked right there, or just go to Amazon. You search for wake up or, or you could probably search for escaping a life on autopilot. Thanks to keyword recognition. It's Pretty easy nowadays. <laughs> now, is the app everywhere? That's obviously, I mean, I'm guessing because you got the hang with Steve, you definitely release this on iOS, right? Of course. <laughs> yeah, it's on iOS. And I also did Android just in case. Yeah. Because that would have been funny if you found out that you launched an app and you didn't launch it on iOS first. That just, I just think it'd be hilarious. <laughs> I'd be in trouble, right? I'd be in trouble. <laughs> so, I mean, in some of your bio, you mentioned like how to have kick ass ideas and shine, and there's a lot of great. And obviously, your website, you mentioned about motivation, inspiration. So there's a lot of that content built into this, too. It is. A lot, well, a lot of the principles of it. So, so the, the, the way that the Wake Up works is it's a series of kind of playful experiments for you to try and see what works for you. Um, and all these experiments are based on my experience of helping companies get more creative. So it, it will be certainly the foundations of all those books will be in there. Um, and, and some of the experiments will help you physically, some mentally, some emotionally, some spiritually. But the idea is that if you try them on and see what works for you, then you, you, know, you will work out a little bit more in an attuned fashion what makes you more conscious. That's the idea of it. But what works for one person will work differently for somebody else. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really quite, quite a playful approach. I like the playful approach because... So here's a fun connection. You might get a kick out of this. Obviously, we have a lot more space here in the U.S. than maybe the U.K. Um, so we, I love to drive. Uh, I did, again, I don't know the translation, but I did over I did over 41,000 miles in my car last year. Now, Ooh, most yeah. of that was business, uh, but either way, I get around. <laughs> so I know yeah. I know the road. And I, I Mike, exactly what you were just talking about is like breaking the programming. Yes, we have the power of satellites and GPS, but when I started driving, because uh, I'm a Gen Xer, is you know I we didn't have that. I mean, we were excited when um, something existed called MapQuest.com. I think that still exists, but we used to be able to, like plug in the to and from, and you print it out, and you take that with you, and then you look for the turns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was the way we got around. And uh, but one thing I learned from my father uh, to this day, and he, he's an amazing man because he can he can find his way anywhere without a GPS. He doesn't he's never used a GPS app in his life. And 
and he, yeah. he drives for a living for his business. So is that I will purposely pick roads that I've never been on just yeah. to see if I can find a new shortcut. And sure. if it's within like one to five minutes, I don't consider that a delay. I consider that something new to learn. So it's sure. funny because I have colleagues of mine or clients that I've been on business trips with and like they're bringing out the GPS right away. And I'm like, no, 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 I've been in this state before. I've been to this city before. I've got the highways covered. I'm fine. Once we get closer, I'll let you know, and then you can bring up the GPS. And she, and they just look at me, and they're like, are you crazy? And I said, no, seriously, I know the highways. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's super cool. So, so if you think about how autopilot works, autopilot feeds off habits, right? So mm -hmm. if you do things that are routine, autopilot goes, great, I'm taking over. Now, what we know is that from the research we did for the book that around 80% of our life is lived on autopilot, okay? So if you can just bring that down to, to 78, it makes a difference. 75 would be amazing. So mm. all you need to do is do some things that break habits. So your brain goes, actually, I don't know what's going on here. And by doing so, you become more conscious. So one of the, the, the ideas in the book is take a different route to work every day, which is kind of what you're doing when you're making up routes, right? Because your brain has to look from first principles and go, actually, I don't recognize this. So therefore, I need the conscious brain to kick in. So what you're doing there is a classic wake-up example. In fact, there's another one in the book, which is getting lost at lunchtime. So oh, when you have a lunch break, you know, hop on a bus, go for a walk, go somewhere you haven't been before. And again, because your brain doesn't recognize it, it will therefore have to become more conscious. So I think you're living a bit of wake-up already, Scott. Uh, I'm hoping so, because it sounds like it, because you're, you're getting me all fired up right now. Like, for, oh, Do you guys have the Yelp app over there? Uh, yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah. So I love the Yelp app. When I travel, I'll just plug in a keyword like espresso or cappuccino. Like there's fun, like stuff like that. Or if there's something specific kind of food I'm looking for and I just wait for stuff to show up. And then yeah. I look at the reviews. I'm like, you know, never been there before. And I just go there. So when I travel for a business, I love it. It's probably one of my most favorite, uh, life hack apps that I use. And people are like everybody uses Yelp. I was like, yeah, but I use Yelp for that strategy is that Yes, I can mark some favorites in there, and it's good to see those come up again. But if I'm looking for something new and exciting, I'm going to try somewhere and experience it's, something different. It's fun. I mean, it's, it's, it's a kind of, you know, it's a tech randomizer, right? You know, it, can, it hooks you into things you wouldn't notice. I, I used to, um, I had a big team of, of, of trainers working for me. When we used to go and work abroad, we, we used to do a very simple thing, which is say, right, we need to eat tonight. So why don't we take uh, the third right, the second left, the first restaurant we see? Um, you know, I mean, sometimes you, you, you went in places you didn't want to choose, but you know, it was always a fresh, a fresh experience. Because um, otherwise, I think you do that. You know, all the information is accessible now. So you always do the same thing. You look, okay, the nearest thing with the highest ratings, with the price that I can afford. And actually, therefore, you, you start to end up having a very similar experience regardless of where you go. So if you can randomize it a lot more, you become more conscious and you have a richer life, right? I definitely agree with that. I tell people that this, this, this totally connects to our listeners, guys. I mean, really, really listen to this because he's, he's giving you crazy nuggets of knowledge. And one of the biggest things I can connect on here is that is why I'm obsessed with networking. And I love getting connected to people because I always get excited about who I can connect them to next. Right. And like every, like I was joking around the other night with another podcast recording because they're like, Oh, well, if you can ever get me connected to anybody, I'm like, no, that's okay. I already figured it out. Like, what do you mean? I was like, well, I've, ever since I passed over 100 episodes, now we're at, there's over 140 online now because I release two a week. And I was like, now I could just tap into that database alone. Just 
just the podcast and co-host circle of influence and get fellow co-hosts connected. But I obviously have other circles of influence. You and I are both on LinkedIn. I've been on LinkedIn since it was founded and we know the power of that. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. You know, at the moment, we have never been in a more networked, accessible, connected world or moments than like right now. I mean, if there's somebody you need to meet, you can meet them. There, there is that possibility so much easier than ever before. And I think what's, um, one of the things I'm really passionate about is part of the human psyche is that we're all alone. You know, we have to work hard and you only get rewards if you take it all seriously. And none of that is true. Mm. The more playful you become, the more interesting life becomes. We are more connected with more help and more collaborators out there than ever before. And actually, the more we can hook into them in a fun, energetic and, you know, and human way, the more this world spins better. So yeah, I mean, let's, let's get out there and make some friends. God, there's amazing people on this planet. We will, you know, we've never met. You and I have met to connect, man, because I'm just, I'm geeking out right now how I used to criticize myself over the years because I always had multiple jobs and it it wasn't, the jobs were not because of the money. I'm not saying Mm -hmm. I I didn't always make great money, but the point was, was that I had side jobs. I was a, uh, I'm a cycling nut. So I was a spinning instructor um, yeah. I've been a, uh, USS, USSA ski race coach for 11 years. Uh, oh. I'm, I'm currently a CFL one CrossFit certified coach. And when I get bored, I just go and learn something and pick up a certification. And then if I love it, I'll end up doing it for a while. And I don't consider those things jobs, right? Those were things because I have the time, I have the freedom and I love that sport or I love that new form of fitness, I want to figure it out. I want to learn about it. And then the beauty is you end up building more circles of influence and you get to meet people in a different way. And it, it, it totally comes back to why I'm so obsessed about teaching people about health, fitness, business, you know, lifestyle balance, because these are all things that you were discussing right now is like, get outside of the norm, man, like break the habits. Even though we do teach there's power in habit. I, I, I wanted to bring that up, right? Like you have to agree, you have to agree that there's a lot of gurus out there teaching the power of the 21 days, right? 21 days builds a habit psychologically for most people. But what you're saying is don't become so habitual that it restricts your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's all, um, if you think about the conscious and the subconscious, sometimes people say, oh, do you know, it's all about access to your subconscious. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the creative genius. It's the answer to everything. Well, it's not if you're not conscious enough, truth be told. You know, and then people go, oh, it's all about consciousness. Well, it's exhausting if you're conscious all the time. So you need, you know, it's all about the balance. And it's the same with habits, right? It's the same with habits. We could not live our lives without frying, without habits, right? We need those to preserve energy and to be efficient. The question is, number one, are they good habits, right? Versus bad ones. And, 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 and number two, are you aware enough of them so that you can change them up if they become too mundane and actually start to take over too much. Because the problem is with, with autopilot is obviously when the subconscious is running the show, if it has to make a decision between something new and something old, it will always choose old, mm. right? So over time, autopilot builds and grows. So it gets to this 80%. When we're young, it's, it's less. And obviously it develops over time, the more habituated and routine we get. So, you know, you can understand that why it, before long, it can actually just take over everything. So. It's just about being able to prune it back a bit and say, actually, do you know what? I just want a little bit more consciousness, a little bit more awareness so that I can lead a more extraordinary life. And it's, it's the balance. It's always the balance. 
Well, so do you find that that was something you actually were able to take away from your earlier career choice of spending some time in the army? Because I do feel that I've, now that I, you know, now that I took that fire adventure a few years back, like that really helped, I guess, solidify things. Now for me, years later, is that you know, there is they they program you for a reason is to keep you and your fellow personnel safe. There's certain protocols you got to follow because in the end shit will hit the fan. So you do got to be able to rely on some of those habits to keep yourself safe and alive. Oh my God. You know, I had, you know, when I was in the army, I hadn't studied any psychology, right? So I had no idea as to why they were doing what they're doing. When I look at it now, it's amazingly effective, right? I mean, all that marching around on the square is so that you can take subconscious messages and instructions and you don't think about them. You just do them instinctively. Right. You know, it's all there for that reason. You know, when you do all that rubbish stuff and they give you a little reward and it's all the, you know, they know exactly what they're doing. So that actually you keep doing the rubbish stuff to get the reward. Well, didn't they, they use psychology to build that anyway? Do you know, I, I, I don't know how much um, psychological study was, was done in the basics, but what they were doing was as good as the psychology of today, I would say. So it's, it's definitely got brilliant foundations. Um, my guess is the army isn't isn't stupid, and and they they they've been studying it probably harder than we have, we have, you know. So, but uh, it, it's incredibly effective. It works it works brilliantly. Um, so so I, I think having certain habitual patterns to make sure you perform to a particular level is brilliant for lots of things we do. And actually, if you're playing sport, you don't want to think about your forehand. You know, it needs to be instinctive. It needs to be absolutely drilled in. And I'd say that's the same for lots of areas of our life. I don't want to think about how I drive a car. I do want to think about, am I using my talents in the right way today with this unique circumstances happening? That's what I want to be able to think about. Well, I mean, look at the uh, all the Olympians, right? These are some of our most peak athletes around the world. Every country's got them. And sure. to your point, right? They, it, they needed to build repetition and habit to build success. The right habits, obviously, the right habits. <laughs> and then, Absolutely. And then when crap hits the fan, which like, for example, you ever watch a downhill ski race course, I mean, somebody's blown out of a race gate and they're up on one ski because they their weight shifted or something happened or they hit an icy patch. When you see those athletes able to recover, when you think they're going to wreck, it's powerful. Yeah. It's like, whoa, how did they save that turn? But that's part of that balance you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the power of repetition, yeah. So, no, I'm a huge fan of habits in the right way. And actually, you know, certain habits can free us, right? So um, one of the things that inspired me on this book, so I was at a friend of mine's wedding, and he, he's got this business called Finisterre, and they make cold water surf um, gear, which is handy because our water is always cold. And right? you're, so, uh, you're a bit of a paddleboard fan. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So he's a good friend to have. So... Um, so I was at his wedding, and um, he, he, he had this guy working for him, um, Ernie, who is exceptional. You know, you know, sometimes there are these people that walk in a room and their eyes just light up and, and, and they can impact everyone in their positivity and, and people just want to be around them. So I was like, look, Ernie, what's, what's your secret? You know, how come you've got this amazing energy? And, you know, he had a glass of champagne in his hand and we're starting to relax. He said, oh, I've, got, I've got one thing I do, but it's, it's, it's a bit weird, Chris. And I'm going, bring it on. I love the weird. And he said, well, you know, every time I have to go to the bathroom, I do 20 press-ups. And I'm going, okay, Ernie, that is weird, my friend. You are, you are on the Where? scale. <laughs> well, that's the thing. He said, it's not the place, it's the time. Okay, so I don't do it in the bathroom. <laughs> I, I would hope so. No. But what he does is he's made this positive habit. 
which is, you know, every hour or so, he knows that he will, you know, do some press-ups, he'll get the blood flying around his body, he'll get more oxygen into his brain, which makes him conscious so that actually he can step back and say, what's needed here? Am I doing the right stuff right now? So I see that as a positive habit that helps him become conscious, helps him break off autopilot. And if you see the guy, he is ripped and he never goes to the gym. You know, I'm loving the story because I have a exact variation of this for being a safe driver. Um, when we were firefighting, we would travel because we were as hotshots. Uh, it's one of the elite crews. Like you're either a smoke jumper or you're a hotshot in the U.S. wildland firefighting world. So smoke jumpers, they skydive in, but that's a very unique crew. And then the hotshots, we hike up. Like we're the, we're trained to be you know, survive out there if they have to camp, etc. Anyway, when you're driving from like state to state because we have a big country and you're you're, yeah. you're you're deployed to a fire in Montana, but you're based out of Arizona like we were, you got a bit of a road trip. And sure. so to keep the guys fresh, like we're sitting in these crew carriers for miles and on end and hours on on days. So every time we got to a gas station, um they would make us get out and either do burpees or push-ups or press-ups, as you're calling them, and yeah. or something to get the blood pumping, right? Get the energy going. And yeah. I've never forgotten that. So when I when I was on, I would do cross-country road trips, and sometimes I would try and push the envelope a little too much. And then I've never forgotten that. I'm like, if I'm getting tired and you're on that autopilot just driving, staring at the roads, you pull over and give yourself 20, 25 push-ups, man, and that yeah. blood gets pumping. You know, I had a good friend of mine, Drew, at Iowa State, and actually he was a he was a psychology major. Major, and what I love about the states is when you're filling up your your, your car with gas, you can put it on, you just put it on, and set it, and leave it, right? Whereas in, in the UK, you have to hold it. Oh, okay. So he'd always set it and, and leave it, and then he would do uh, push-ups um, while it was filling up every time. And I've seen him doing that in the snow in minus ten. <laughs> he did it religiously. So I've just realized this is a, this is a United States thing. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> or we're either a little bit crazy or we just really like to balance our lives a little bit. I don't know about it. We're, we're definitely not perfect in a lot of things, but I think it's one thing that if I had to take that as a win, we'll take that one as a win. So <laughs> we, we have enough other things not working to our advantage. <laughs> uh, but I mean, in the end, that's what we're talking about, right? Like brain, right? Blood flow. If, if it gets the heart pumping, it's, Pushing the blood, man. That's what our brain wants. If that gets you more awake and more alert, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. There's another hack for you. If you're feeling you know, sluggish and tired, your energy's down, or you're not alert, why don't you think about that? Like step outside of your office or if you got an office or if you're in a cubicle with a headset on like I was years ago, make sure the cord's long enough, drop and give yourself push-ups. Because when I got bored in the call centers, I used to give myself air squats. I would just sit there and just go up and down. People thought I was crazy. You know, I'm the fit guy. But- <laughs> I was staying fit. difference, <laughs> you know, um, there was a study done at MIT um, a, a few years ago around creativity, and um, you know, when we're walking at our natural gait, um, especially outside, it spikes our creativity by up to sixty six zero percent. Wow! You know, so, so you know, whenever I'm working with my clients, you know, we don't do brainstorms inside with flip charts. We go out, we walk, and we talk, and we make it energetic, fun thing, and. You know, you don't need cl- clever, creative techniques. That is enough to, to bring out your genius. And, um, and I love it. I mean, you know, if you have a choice, you want to stay in a little sweaty room with some air conditioning and no light, or you want to go out with a buddy and have a chat as you walk, what are you going to choose, right? I agree. And actually, because it's so cold here the past two weeks, 
Um, I, I made my client actually get out of our office. We got in our car and we went out to, there's a high-end uh, grocery store here called Whole, Whole Foods in this country. They just got bought by Amazon. So I was like, hey, they've got a great coffee cafe. If you're hungry, you can grab a snack. Let's go and just finish this meeting off site. We just need to move. We've been, we'd already been there for like two hours taking mini breaks, but I'm like, nah, we got, we got to keep the strategy session going. Let's freshen things up. Let's change the location. And I love doing that because- we have the technology nowadays. I mean, you got you can go to a Starbucks and use free Wi-Fi or any coffee shop. That's the other thing I'd use my Yelp for. I don't always go to Starbucks. I just Google Wi-Fi or on on Yelp, or I search for um, just uh, again. That's why I'm a big of a coffee shop fan. So uh, I know you guys love your tea over there, but <laughs> well, you know, so but to that end, we I used to um, to work for this innovation company, um, and we're a little startup called What If. It's become incredibly successful. But when we started off, um, we didn't have enough office space. Hmm. You know, there were like four of us sharing a desk. So I used to, well, we all used to go out and we'd work in different cafes. And, and it's number one, it's the cheapest office space you'll get, you know, two cups of coffee for a whole morning. Nice. But, but the second thing is, you, it's, you tend to choose the space that fits the work you're doing. So there was, there was like this, these Russian tea rooms with these amazing green plants. They played opera in the background. And it fitted a particular type of thinking, you know. Hmm. And then there were other places that played a bit of grunge, and there was it was all about hardcore coffee, and that kind of fitted a different type of energy. So, I think that the environment around you is is the biggest impact on your on your creativity because it's stimulus, but also on your state and how you feel. So, if you can play some tunes on that, I think it makes a huge impact. I definitely agree with that. There's definitely been meetings where. We were actually productive over lunch, but there's other meetings where I would not do it over lunch, for example, right? Yeah. During Doing it during a meal, there might be too much distraction. But if you want yeah. it more relaxed and casual and you just want to have everybody have the freedom to just throw ideas out there, and yeah. then like we literally did that two weeks ago, actually. We had a business lunch, same client, mind you. I had her bring her team. We had a lunch. And then right next door was a Starbucks. So I was like, hey, let's go that, let's go next door. And whatever's stuck in your heads that really stood out, let's write it all down. And then let's get a, start building a game plan on it. It was a really productive afternoon. But you're right, it's, though. It depends on the environment you're in. It does. I mean, I, we used to every now and again, um, I don't know if you, you ever have to go to many board meetings where you've got to go through agendas and all that. But my God, it hurts me. And, um, uh, it's luckily, not, I do not. But that sounds it's awful. Not, it's, it's not my way of processing. So... Um, so it's not really what I enjoy too much. But um, what we used to do to make it a bit more fun is we we jump on a train in London and we go to Scotland and we would do the board meeting on the train. And of course, you've got all this landscape flying by that's different all the time. You've got this different stimulus. You've still got Wi-Fi. And then, you know, you can have a night in Edinburgh, come back and do a different meeting. And it was it was a great way of doing work. I loved it. That sounds interesting. I, I, I never thought about it that way either, man. But... I do. I will say I have to agree with you. I've more times than not. I know of like on Tim Ferriss. He's he's viral online around the world nowadays too. His sure. podcast, other shows out there. I keep hearing unique uh, members of leaders, leadership uh, people, all talking about the the walking meeting. The, the yeah. as you already said, like hey, get outside, go for a walk. It can be very productive. It can be very develop, uh, developmental. So, and again, you speak about leadership. So, I think we can trust that, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I think he might know what he's talking about. <laughs> and actually, real quick, I'm going to do some screen sharing again because I have your social medias up. So, I love the fact that you actually exist all over the place. Um, I do believe in growing your brand, but also growing your name as a brand too. So, I noticed that on Twitter and Instagram, you exist in both ways. You have upping your Elvis, you know, the creative leadership. Yeah. 
And, but then you also have your personal profile as well. Was that yeah. a, 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 just a choice or was that recommended? What was your choice reasoning behind that? Yeah, no, it was, it was definitely a choice. Um, but basically we got, you know, we got two, you know, pr pretty different groups that are interested. Number one, there's the business group and they, you know, these tend to be organizations that want to engage with us um, or, you know, are into creativity and leadership. But then also as an author, I, I've got quite a few people that um, are consumers and they're just very interested in personal development. So uh, we, we split them out very deliberately for that reason. And I think it, it therefore plays better to those segments and they, they actually cross fertilize brilliantly. So actually my, my author um, website actually is the biggest referrer to my corporate one. So mm -hmm. you know, they work nicely together. I like that. Well, you got me thinking because I actually have double profiles, but I've only been pumping content to live the fuel, but I have my personal name locked. I always tell people this, when you lock down your brand, lock down your name as well. So own the real estate is I was like, listen, even if you're not going to use it right away, buy the .com in your name, you know, lock it down on all the social media. And then when things make sense, and this is actually one of my things I've been thinking about for 2018 was I thought about actually splitting some of my content up and just doing dual profiles. So you've got me thinking, I'll have to study you now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all, it's all getting into play, right? We, yeah. we don't do it perfectly, but if they're feeding each other nicely, it could be good. I like it. Well, and real quick, I wanted to bring this woman up to you. Are you familiar with the New York Times bestseller, Mel Robbins? I know, know of her. Okay, yeah, she wrote The Five Second Rule. Yeah, yeah. She totally coincides with what you've been talking about the, towards the end of the show here. Uh, and I wanted to bring her up just uh, before. And I'll, I'll give you a proper goodbye when we end the show, too, because I know we're coming to the end of our time. Is yeah. But only because when you brought up how breaking the habits, that's kind of what she talks about in her book is, like, give yourself, you know, that five seconds. And that's what the brain needs to break that dis that instantaneous decision. Like, hey, give yourself five seconds. If it still makes sense, then fine, go ahead. But more often than not, you're breaking through the habitual uh, decision-making process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you give yourself five seconds, then I guess what you also do is you go away from autopilot into being conscious. That's what she's painting out. Yes, yeah. Do I want to actually do this? Which I would love to see you two in like a, a, a healthy debate about this stuff or just sharing best practices because I think you guys would vibe really well. I think you could be riff. Yeah, because now I got, I got to read your book. I didn't get a chance to get to your book yet. And then I got to get to, I, I've already read her book. So it's just, it's just, that's the only problem. When your podcast starts taking off, then it's like, oh my God, I got books coming in all over the place. So I'm trying to review stuff. So I did a short overview of your book and I'm like, this is great. You're approved. Send him my way. Uh, but I didn't, get, I didn't get through the whole thing yet. So. If you're doing two a week, you've got a, you've got a reading list. Well, luckily <laughs> I'm not doing two authors a week. That would just... I mean, I'm already crushing Audible. I'm using, I, I, that's my hack. Oh, this is, is this on Audible? Uh, is this on Audible? Well, I've, I've done an audio version. You do? So okay. Because I, dest yeah. I destroy audio content. I, can, I, do not, I can't sit down and physically read <laughs> anymore. Oh, I'm like, I just, when I travel so much, I'm like, boom, audio, audio and podcast, man. That's where it's at. Yeah, my, my wife is the same. In Costa Rica, she, she nailed her books. Okay. Headphones, and here we go. Yeah, right, I love it. Well, listen, uh, we're getting to the end of our time. I'm going to respect your time. I'd want to thank you for coming on today. But I also wanted to honor you because our podcast's co-hosts, I like to have them have the final words of the show. And uh, since we're not scripted and we're off the cuff, this is your sure. chance to kind of close the show out and say, great, if they forget all this other wonderful content you shared today, um, what should they remember about Chris? What's your message? And what are you trying to do in this world, man? Like, what's your final words to close this out? Yeah, so... Um so for me, what the, the big message that I would like to get over is this life 
is extraordinary. You know, we have opportunities beyond belief right now. And if we only just got to understand that actually we get caught in these traps just to save energy, and there were some simple things that we could do to help us join up the dots so that every day we can shine more brightly, we can meet more amazing people and have more fun while we're doing it, then that is what Wake Up is all about. And that's what my life's about. I love it. Well said, sir. Well, listen, Hangtown, I want to give you a proper goodbye off the air. To the listeners, that's Chris Perez Brown, ladies and gentlemen. Go check out his site. Get the book. Heck, get the app if you're a tech savvy. Uh, I'm going to download the app today because I already have the book. So, ladies and gentlemen, again, check out Wake Up, Escaping a Life on Autopilot. All right? Again, go back to Perez-Brown.com. Again, I'll have all this stuff linked in the blog content. I always do, ladies and gentlemen. But thank you again for tuning in to another powerful Live the Fuel podcast episode. Again, this is what we're talking about, guys. We're here to talk about health, business, and lifestyle. So as I always say, keep living the fired up epic life. And we'll talk to you guys again soon. Hey there, Live the Fuel fans. Quick commercial break. Uh, Before we close out the episode, just wanted to give you some extra tips and tricks before we send you on your way. So again, thank you again for listening to the Live the Fuel show. I hope you got a lot out of this recent episode. Uh, More importantly, please subscribe to this show if you haven't subscribed yet. Stay in touch. Get me some feedback. Submit a review on iTunes or Stitcher. And get us the voice of you, the listener, so we can build this content back into the show and make sure that I'm actually taking you, the listener, into this this uh, design and future as Live the Fuel grows. So again, subscribe, submit a review, stay in touch. Heck, on that point, go visit livethefueltank.com. Livethefueltank.com. That will take you to the link to our private Facebook group community where you can join and I can stay more in touch with you going forward outside of the podcast world. All right, last quick little piece here for you guys, some extra value. One, Go to livethefuel.com main page. You'll see on there we have our free resources guide. If you are looking for free content and not having to pay for it, consider getting on my email list. You click on the button, send me my copy, get your Super 7's resources guide. There's over 21 of my favorite online resources that I've built into this little uh, electronic guide for you guys. There's no cost. It'll just be emailed to you just by hopping on my email. Again, just thank you for listening. I want to give you some value. Uh, Second piece of my little extra nuggets of knowledge, if you want to call it this, is go to the resources section on the site. In there, I have three columns, health, business, lifestyle, and two right off the bat that I want to make sure you guys are taking advantage of is number one, eatpillynuts.com and number two, villacapelli.com. Their logos are on the site. You got a big bowl of nuts there and you got a cool big V Power V logo. Both of those, if you use the discount code FUEL, F-U-E-L, you will get 10% off at checkout. So take advantage of that, please, and thank you. And more importantly, there's other companies linked on there. Uh, my nutritional and health alignment with Isogenics since 2010. Uh, the Pure Vitamin Club company for their kick-ass magnesium B12 and an awesome multi-cap. There's some additional business resources on there. Number one, Singularis IT. I go mountain biking and road cycling with the founder. This is a legitimate IT company. I don't care where you are in the world. You can use their services. We're talking about serious white glove level services. I've moved all of my IT solutions over to them, and I outsource them regularly for any future and onboarding clients down the road. And lastly, but not leastly, David Studio. If you have no clue who this guy is, guess what? He is my new audio engineer. This is the guy I've been having making it happen behind the scenes. I found him through the Fiverr world. So if you search for David 
D-A-V-I-D studio on Fiverr, you can track this guy down. But guess what? He's also on the Upwork platform. He's on the People Per Hour platform. You can search for him through his real name. I've never literally physically met this guy or talked to him in person. We have been just met through the online world. But if you search for E-M-I-N, that's I believe pronounced Emin, and uh, Fikik, which is F as in Frank, I-K-I-C, you can search for him in Upwork people per hour. Oh, more importantly, just go to Fiverr like I did. But if you are a podcaster or somebody just looking to get quality audio engineering, this is your guy. So again, guys, I'll let you get back to your day. Thanks again for listening to Live the Fuel. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for listening to Live the Fuel. Visit us at livethefuel.com. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and more at Live the Fuel. Live the fired up epic life. Hashtag Live the Fuel.